Always a pleasure to say good morning to our medical correspondent, Dr. Mitch Shulman, because it's White Coat Wednesday, where we take a look at some of the biggest medical stories of the week. Good morning, Dr. Mitch. Good morning to you, sir. I've never quite understood the obsession with ivermectin, and in particular, people kept on trying to insist it was an effective treatment for COVID. No study has ever established that. Um, It is very good, apparently, on parasites, and it works on animals. Uh, But now people are insisting not only is it being withheld as an effective treatment for COVID, but apparently it cures cancer, but big pharma won't let us. Really? <laughs> you you know how I feel about these types of conspiracy theories. The problem with all of them is there's all, always a small grain of truth. Ivermectin in Petri dishes and some early mouse models of breast cancer, along with certain forms of conventional therapy, cancer chemotherapy, has been shown to give a benefit. But that's in cell lines. That's in most models. It has been never, it has never been shown in a human model or someone with the disease to help them. You know, it might be useful five or 10 or 15 years down the line, but it's not as if this is being withheld. The research is actively going on right now. Um, And I go back to what I've always said under these circumstances. Who gives a hoot what pharmacare cares or doesn't care. At the end of the day, no doctor is going to keep an effective therapy from his friends or his family or those he cares about, or himself or herself for that matter. And so the word would get out. So there is a grain of salt, a small smidgen of truth behind this story that needs to be fleshed out, that really needs more profound research. And until that more profound research comes out, um, I would not... Uh, use ivermectin for anything other than treating roundworm parasites and uh, some cases of scabies and things like that where it's really really a very good drug yeah i mean without belaboring the point too much but to follow through on the point you were just making i mean i knew an oncologist who died of cancer and i don't think she decided to take one for the team you know well i gotta defend big pharma so i'm not going to take the existing treatment that could have cured me uh listen let's keep moving exactly exactly uh speaking of a form of cancer prostate cancer and apparently wow what a surprise vegetables and fruits are good for you This is a great study, though. They actually looked at it properly. They looked at a couple of thousand men who had cancer, it had been treated, and now they're in the remission stage, the stage where the cancer is gone, and let's see what happens to them. And they specifically put them on a healthy diet, and it's the old fruits and vegetables. And they followed them, and they saw what happened to them. And they found that the people that were on the highest proportion of fruits and vegetables in their diet, um, the ones who were using fruits and vegetables, on a regular basis had more than a 50% less likelihood of relapsing, in other words, their cancer coming back, or their cancer uh, progressing. So these are massive results. And when you think about what the intervention is, what? Shifting to more fruits and vegetables? Give me a break. Um, It may improve your blood pressure. It will definitely reduce your risk of dementia. It's good for you. There's no downside to it. And if, on the other hand, it'll help reduce the risk of, God forbid, uh, cancer recurring, coming back, or relapsing, or spreading, uh, I think it's a no-brainer. A uh, very simple intervention with very with no negative effects to it. I would strongly, if people needed even more convincing, to shift to a diet low in red meat, high in fruits, vegetables, and healthy nuts, using olive oil and other healthy oils, using red meat only as sort of like a side dish, and getting a lot of your protein from fish and fowl, uh, I think we'd all be better.
better off. And it works. In this case, this is a lovely, lovely vindication of that type of diet. Okay. Well, speaking of what we eat, uh, what we eat may be contributing to the rise in Alzheimer's. What's that about? Be careful about this. Now, I will always tell you it's a great idea to eat healthy. I will never tell you not to eat healthy. I will never tell you not to reduce the amount of highly processed foods inside your diet. You don't need them. This is a thought paper, and what they basically are thinking through is maybe the changes in our metabolism triggered by a diet that's high in uh, fructose, and not the ones that you get naturally from fruit, but the fructose syrup that's used to sweeten stuff artificially, and all the highly processed foods, maybe that's contributing to the process whereby Alzheimer's happens. Remember, Alzheimer's is the most common form of dementia. Dementia isn't just forgetting where your keys are, it's putting your keys inside the refrigerator. That's dementia. And we we know some uh, inkling of what may be going on, but we're really not there. There's an accumulation of bad protein, misfolded protein in the brain cells that kills the brain cells. We know that a healthy diet and exercise helps reduce the risk and the progression of the disease, but we don't have a cure yet. So look, I think it there's there's something to look into here but even if it didn't contribute to Alzheimer's I would be the first person to tell you to switch to a diet with less processed foods and uh, less of the highly processed fructose corn syrup sweetening what you're eating. You don't need it. Dr. Mitch Shulman is here. It's White Coat Wednesday. One last story, and you can bring a medical angle to a story we're talking about today. There's a study out of the UK, the most comprehensive so far, finds out that people like a four-day work week, and apparently it's also good for your sleep patterns and just your general overall health. I'd like to believe that this study is true, but the scientist in me says, wait a minute. The company sponsoring it or the people sponsoring it are in favor of and highly promoting a four-day work week. Uh, It's that organization. So even though I know they may not have influenced the study, you always have to be careful. We've said that before about pharma studies. You always have to be careful about who's sponsoring the study. So that's question number one. Question number two, it hasn't been published. Question number three, it's halfway through. It's a six-month study looking at mainly marketing, advertising, predominant uh, industries. I think over 70 industries. And they have found so far in their interim halfway analysis that the companies want to continue it after the study ends, that the employees are happy, that productivity has gone up. And as you were mentioning, we think it's because of less stress. Sure, makes sense to me. People are, for about 40% of people are reporting sleeping better as a result. So I think it's a win-win no matter how you look at it. The industry does better, uh, the business does better, and the and the, the patient, the study subject, the uh, worker does better. So I think there's no, as far as we can see so far, <laughs> there's no harm in it. Now, if we could only get that to work in the emergency room, I'd be a very happy camper. Yeah, me too. I don't think it's ever going to happen for people like you and me. Thanks a lot, Dr. Mitch. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Dr. Mitch Shulman.